Welcome everybody to this episode of the Heart Podcast. My name is Dr. James Rudd. I'm an associate editor at Heart, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Kaspar Brock, who is uh, talking to me from the University Hospital in Oslo. Dr. Brock, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. And Dr. Brock's uh, team has uh, recently submitted and had accepted uh, a paper in Heart entitled Controlled Release Metoprolol for Aortic Regurgitation, a Randomized Clinical Trial. Uh, Dr. Brock, could you just start by telling us the the scope of the problem and the the rationale for doing this study? Certainly. The thing is that that aortic regurgitation is is quite a common uh, valvular heart disease, uh, and the clinical cause is, is uh, characterized by a, a long phase of stability, okay. uh, where we have to follow up these patients, and uh, and some of these patients uh, eventually develop heart failure. And and we need to to come up with with the new ways to to try to avoid them developing heart failure. Okay, so this is a, a pretty common valvular disease, uh, valvular heart disease. Would you say aortic regurgitation? It's the third most common valvular heart disease after aortic stenosis and and mitral uh, regurgitation. Okay, and traditionally, when do we when do we think about intervening and performing surgery on these patients? Traditionally, we wait until they either develop symptoms or develop uh, signs of, of heart failure. So your motivation, because there is some data already, isn't there, on the use of medications to try to delay uh, the time between uh, identification and, and surgery. So I think there's some data in with ACE inhibitors, is that correct? Yeah, that that is correct, and and those data are a bit conflicting. What is what is uh, established now is that if you have aortic regurgitation and and hypertension, then you should receive uh, ACE inhibitors. But but uh, unless you have hypertension, we we really don't have much to to offer. Okay, and are there, are there any other drug treatments that have been shown to be useful in this in this population? Uh, not really. There have been been trials uh, assessing um, nifedipine vasodilators, but, but, but the results are a bit conflicting. I see. Okay. So your study, do you want to outline exactly what you did? You used a beta blocker uh, for your study, which I don't think had been, had been uh, tested before. They have not been tested before, and, and they've actually been, been uh, viewed as, as contraindicated in, in aortic regurgitation because they, they prolong it vastly. On the other hand, uh, aortic regurgitation is sort of the last frontier for, for beta blockers. Uh, they've been shown to, to improve outcome in all other forms of heart or incipient heart failure, and there are there are some data from from animal models and and from registries that that suggest that this might be effective in aortic regurgitation as well. I see. So, how did you go about uh, doing your study then? What uh, what type of study was it? It's a randomized controlled trial, uh, including 75 uh, asymptomatic patients with aortic regurgitation. And was it a? It was a placebo-controlled trial, by the look of it. It was certainly a, a placebo-controlled trial. Okay, and um, and how long did the study go on for? What was the uh, length of uh, treatment? Yes, we we discussed that at length because uh, this is this is a, a very slowly advancing uh, disease in in the first place. So we we probably should used quite some time but because this was a first first trial we, we settled for six months so we, we treat this patient for six months six months okay and what was your your primary endpoint was 
let me see. Yes, yeah, so left ventricular end diastolic volume measured by cardiac MR after uh, after six months. Okay. That was the primary endpoint, yes. So each patient underwent two uh, MRI scans, presumably? Two MRI scans, two echo, yes. And then um, what was the treatment the patient uh, received? Well, the patient either received uh, metoprolol, sustained release uh, metoprolol adjusted to, to 200 milligrams per day okay. or placebo. Okay. And then after six months, they came for repeat imaging and you compared the left ventricular and diastolic volumes between the, uh, the finish of the treatment and the start of the treatment and also between uh, the patients and those that got placebo and those that got the medication. Uh, that's correct. We assess the the difference between the 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 two groups in the change from baseline to to follow up. Okay. And what was the headline result? What was the result of the the primary endpoint evaluation after after just six months? Well, uh, the primary endpoint was was neutral. Actually, there was neither neither an increase or, or a decrease in in left ventricular and systolic and diastolic volume. Okay. And you did also record some secondary endpoints, didn't you? Uh, exercise capacity and peak oxygen consumption rates also didn't change. None um, of those changed, uh, which is uh, sort of a, an interesting result in itself because because uh, many people would have thought that that exercise uh, tolerance and peak oxygen consumption would would decrease mm. with the but it didn't. It didn't seem to. Okay, and ejection fraction did seem to be slightly better. Uh, in, it in it improved uh, just just it slightly improved uh, by by two point seven I think uh, percent points, which really s sort of reflects the the new hemodynamic situation with with a lower heart rate. I think. Okay. Okay. So you're saying if you're slowing the heart rate down with beta blockers, you're giving the heart more time to to fill, but potentially making the hemodynamics worse. Is that what you're saying because of the uh, aortic regurgitation? You potentially make the the hemodynamics worse, but I, I think that at the same time you, you provide a cardioprotective sort of environment that that allows for for improved ejection fraction, and you need the improved ejection fraction in order to to maintain a, a cardiac output. Okay, and then intriguingly, I noticed the last result uh, that you report in the paper. You talk about the levels of BNP levels, basically. Uh, yes. Did seem to be higher in the beta blocker group compared to the other group. Do you have any any uh, reason that that might be the case? Ah, uh, yeah, there are several uh, possible explanations for that. Of course, one explanation might be that that uh, beta blocker therapy is actually de detrimental in the, in these patients, and and that uh, NT ProBMP is a, a, a sort of very subtle sign that that this is not good for the patients. However, uh, the other results that we've referred to already point in, in another direction uh, mm. and and there are data to, to show that if you if you provide beta blockers to patients with very mild heart failure then they improve uh, symptomatically but but their NT pro BMP increases so so it might be that that beta blockers in themselves uh, increase NT pro BMP without that having any effects on on the clinical outcome interesting so what do you think uh, the message is for the, for the listeners of this podcast and the readers from heart? I, I'm assuming you, you're going to need to do perhaps lar larger, uh, longer studies to see any effect. I mean, this seems to show that it, at least clinically, it appears to be safe. Uh, that, as you say, a marginal effect on N-terminal pro-BNP. 
Yes, well, obviously, uh, our, our results do, do not provide evidence that we should treat these patients with beta blockers. On the other hand, I think it, it seems to be fairly safe in this population. And of course, if you have comorbidities that require beta blockers, I, I don't think that that aortic regurgitation is a, uh, a an absolute contraindication in these patients anymore due to our study. And are you? Do you know of any other centres, or are you yourself planning further studies of beta blockers in in this kind of valvular heart disease? I think that that if you are to to have a, a larger study, it, it it must be long term and include lots of patients. If if you're to, supposed to to look at clinical endpoints, and I think that that is what you must do if if this is supposed to become a a standard uh, treatment in these patients. The the attrition rate rate the the rate of, of dilation in in these patients is is very low. So so you have to follow them for mm. several years in order to to obtain these kinds of results. Okay, and so I think that will conclude our chat today, Dr. Brock. I want to thank you uh, once again for joining us uh, from Oslo University Hospital. Um, thank you. And would encourage listeners to uh, go follow the links in the description to go and check out this paper. Uh, it's the first clinical study of uh, beta blockers in, uh, in aortic regurgitation. Thanks very much indeed. Thank you.